Good afternoon everybody and welcome to Transcending Together with Julianne and Lee. Good afternoon, beautiful and amazing human beings. Those of us who have just joined us, thank you for joining us. And those of you who have stayed on from my previous show, I hope you enjoyed the tunes and I'm very happy to have you with me and us this afternoon. We have got a very extra special guest this afternoon. This guest is someone who has a very similar upbringing to mine, which is not that surprising considering she's my sister. And when she first said to me, you should have me on and we should talk about these things. I was kind of like, that could be tough. But then that's what Transcending Together is all about. And Lee and I did actually make a commitment to have difficult conversations, cover challenging topics. So for me personally, this will probably be quite challenging because nobody knows me better than my sister, warts and all. That's my sister, by the way, not me. I got no warts. So Lee's here as well. Do you want to say hello, Lee? Hello, everyone. Nice to be back today. How was your week off? It was lovely, thank you. I didn't do much, but did spend a bit of time in the garden. I'm enjoying this summer that we're having at home because it's not too hot and sticky and everything in the vegetable garden is growing. It's like a tropical rainforest. Awesome. Okay, over to our guest. Our guest is called Caroline, or Caro if you prefer. And Caro, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Well, hi. I am really excited to be on the show and to talk about this topic with you both and an opportunity for me to open up about how I feel personally about it, about this subject. And I think it's important for people to know that everyone's got a wider family and everyone gets affected by each other. I mean, I was born in Zimbabwe, raised in Zimbabwe, came to England when I was 21 and I got married, got divorced and had a child who's a daughter and she's 27 now. I work as a property accountant for a pro- for in commercial property in London. That's kind of, oh, and I, I am a hobby, writing poetry and painting and yoga. <laughs> I like that. And I can vouch for your poetry and your painting. You can't see it because my background is blurred and obviously the listeners can't see it because they're listeners. But your painting is just behind me here, Pride of Place. And yeah. I really enjoyed your poetry. It was really good. Oh, cool. Yeah. And spiritually, you've got quite an eclectic perspective <laughs> on spirituality, don't you? Yeah, I guess so. I, I think because I would say that I have always been trying to figure out why I exist and what it all means and what is the meaning for my existence why 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 am I even here and it's just never gone away I've just always needed to find what it all means to find a reason for everything and that's just taken me in so many different directions spiritually and religiously so I've been religious but my religion's more been an expression at the time of my outward expression of my inward convictions and then as those change or develop then my outward you know then my religion spent some time with the buddhists been quite religious about my following in that and i've spent time with the christians and i've just never stopped reading about how to be able to live in the world because i've never found it very easy so yeah i would say that at the moment i'm still of the opinion that all i know is that i don't know 
And I think that not knowing, or as I like to say, releasing the need to be right is a really important first step in learning. And Lee, you would identify with this because the first step on a journey of discovery is acknowledging, let's say, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think if you can get to a point where you can release the need to know, it opens up a whole new perspective for you. And I think a lot of it is really what your perspective is all about. And if you have these limiting beliefs, you know, that kind of like restricts you a bit and you're thinking you know and you know I I've also been on like a journey as a teenager a young adult I was a Christian and I went to church every Sunday and I did all the things that you were supposed to do but it just didn't sit right with me and I've also like you know I'm fascinated by different cultures and religions and different expressions and things like that and I'm happy now saying I'm not religious but I am spiritual yeah and Kara your Church of England church that you were involved they quite open and welcoming of LGBT people, aren't they? Mm, There was a a split in the Church of England and the priest that used to be, or the vicar that used to be there, he was very active in getting the I think what you can what you call a civil ceremony, which is now legal, but he wasn't happy with that. He wanted to be able to take it to the point where the church would actually bless same sex marriages, but he never got the church to actually do that. So our church is a church of. We have got a technical glitch with our guest, so we will use this opportunity to go to a break. And hopefully, when we come back from the break, we will have the connection restored. Oh, I love this. We continue in moments. This is good. Yes, yes. You're locked to Trans Radio UK. Many website owners don't like their website hosting company or support provider, but are too scared to move to someone else in case they lose their site or it affects their business. Based in Telford at Purple Prince Media, we will move your website to us free of charge with the best support possible. And if you're looking to start up a business, we're also here to design and build your website from the ground up with unbeatable prices on web hosting and dedicated servers. We're also certified Magento developers, which is the world's biggest e-commerce platform. So rest assured, your online business is just a click away. Drop us an email on hello at purpleprince.co.uk or visit purpleprince.co.uk to get started. Purple Prince Media, the local website company. Win £25,000 and help truck listens at the same time. Enter the Rainbow Lottery and click Truck Listens as your chosen organisation. And not only can you win £25,000, 50p of every ticket purchased will go to Truck Listens. Please see www.transradiouk.com and click Win £25,000 for more details. Ever thought about having your own radio show? Well, now you can, as we're looking for presenters to join our team. No experience is needed and minimal equipment required. For more information, email info at transradiouk.com. Transradio UK. Tune in via DAB in Ireland. Download our app via your smart speaker or online at transradiouk.com. Welcome here. Don't go anywhere as we bring you some more trucking, great music and jazz here on Trans Radio UK. And we're back and we found Caro while we were on the break. <laughs> so we're back. Caro, do you remember what you were saying before yeah, I... we lost you there? 
I was talking about the church that I that I went to. So this that I used to go to, and so they they believe you know the love of God is for everyone, regardless of race or or gender or sexual orientation. And so yeah, I like you know I agree, I agree with that. So it was nice to not have that conflict. I'm heterosexual, so I don't have personally have that experience of feeling like I don't belong I don't have that experience but I have a lot of friends who are gay and then you being trans and so nice to just know that you know, the church that I'm attending and the place where I'm at is like you know I don't have that conflict where I was thinking well what about my friends and what about my sister and how does that all fit in because I'm always kind of trying to figure things out and is it right and is you know and it wouldn't make sense to me that people would be excluded from God's love because that's not the message of Christ as I understand it. When we were together a couple of weeks ago, you talked about the Christ spirit, which I thought was quite interesting. Do you want to elaborate on that? The Christ spirit? Yeah, that we all have Christ within us. And there's oh. a spirit that is Christ that is not necessarily the individual, but the concept. Yeah. Well, that's I suppose, what I took away anyway. Well, I suppose in Buddhism, they would call it your Buddha nature. And so for me, because I went to Buddhism after having a born again Christian experience, which I still feel as being real, I took that to be, you know, my Buddha nature is the Christ in me. And you know, when we refer to Christ, it is the spirit of Jesus. And then if you're then going to get into the religious idea of God being Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then it's God. And then the same power that created the universe, it's it's God, then when we accept that Christ is in us, we're accepting that God, the God of the universe, the God of creation, the God that raised Jesus from the dead, just the God in, it, in all of his majestic power and omnipotence in us, and, and it is us. And we are that. And the more that we can remember that and connect to that, the more that power can be a part of our, you know, can be expressed in our outer activity. I, I really like that. There's this idea that nature doesn't make mistakes. So if you're a naturalist and you're into Gaia and the New Age concepts and even in paganism, there are no mistakes in nature. And if nature is of God, then there can't be mistakes in God either. And I like the idea that the minister at your church felt it was important that their marriages could be blessed by God. I mean, I personally mm. don't follow that spiritual part, but I understand if that's where you've come from. When you speak to any person on the LGBT QA plus within that community, there are a lot of Christian people in that community and they didn't choose to be who they are. They just are what they are. Mm. And it's not a lifestyle choice. Mm. If they believe in God, why couldn't they be allowed to be blessed mm. by God? Yeah, I mean, I think the true message of Christ's life was unconditional love. Mm. You know? And if we can all aspire to that, you know, and have a shared goal of unity and harmony and peace among all people, no matter what your background is, it's attaining that sort of like the message was love. That was it love yeah going back to our past i remember our parents well on our, our dad and our stepmom went through a born-again christian phase and there was a an evangelical church in south africa called rhema and it was 
on a more diminutive scale, but it was the sort of Billy Graham type, big crowds, lots of give us your money because I need another Learjet because God needs me to travel to parts of Africa and comfort and things like that. And yeah, I actually recall the guy managed to get his congregation to buy him a Rolls Royce because he convinced them that it was really important that people saw how blessed he was by God because then you know, they would get the message. So, <laughs> but anyway, I, I digress. But we, we were taken there one Sunday and I was rummaging through the Rhema bookshop and there was a little booklet and on the cover, it just said, Jesus says, and what they had done is they'd gone through the gospels and just taken out everything where it said, and Jesus said, or Jesus then said. So it was all the things where he was quoted. And I remember reading that and thinking, this is a really odd document to have because it's almost contrary <laughs> to the evangelical message. So I remember feeling quite... Uh, I thought that was a bit ironic. You know, you brought me here to convert me and now you encourage me to buy this book, which convinces me why I shouldn't be converted. And our dad and our stepmom, yeah, they weren't exactly a case study in good Christian values. Yeah, I think Caroline and I share a very traumatized childhood, but from two very different perspectives. And I think that's part of what's important in terms of trying to understand each other. And the truth is we haven't fully got to the point where we understand each other, but we love each other and we're prepared to have these conversations. And I think that's the important thing. I think the worst thing you can ever hear is when people are estranged from their family, because the family of the people you've chosen to be with, whether you believe that or not, there's a reason why you are in that group and it's really important that you can work through things with your family Kara and I haven't always sat around the same campfire to use an African expression but uh, I think at the end of the day we've always loved each other and that's the important thing so then when I first spoke to you about being trans was 2010. And I think when I say really spoke to you about it, it was the first time I ever felt I had the vocabulary to talk to you about it because I, I could actually explain in words what was going on. And I, I still to this day remember I was driving on the highway in Johannesburg. I had you on the, I wasn't driving and <laughs> talking. I had you on the carpet. And I told you, and I still remember you saying, yeah, if you want to have a sex change, have a sex <laughs> That was like 13 years, was it 13 years ago? 20, yeah, 13 years ago. But yeah, how did you feel? What did you think when I first had that conversation with you? If you can even remember that conversation. Cause... Mm, yeah, I don't actually remember that conversation. But then when people talk to me about it, I always say that it didn't come out of the blue. You know, I remember mum, I don't know if you know this, but I was thinking about it today. But mum was always very concerned that you didn't have any male role models. And I remember thinking, well, why is that a problem? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Why, why is she so concerned? And then I was thinking, well, maybe she was concerned because maybe you were quite feminine and maybe that was her concern. And maybe that's why she got all concerned about it because, you know, I, and I don't know. So I don't know. Then it's just that nature, that nature nurture debate as to, is it because you had no male role models or was it like there and she saw it being there and she was concerned? And then I thought, well, yeah, then that's maybe why she sort of pushed you into those very male dominated environments, which may have backfired. <laughs> 
<laughs> but then the argument being, well, no, it's not nurture, it's nature. So, you know, wouldn't have what she did, I guess the more enlightened position would have been for her to have just embraced you, however, whatever you were. But they weren't the most enlightened of parents on a lot of things. So for me, it was never very surprising that when you said it, I guess it just seemed to, it just didn't seem like a surprise. And I guess that's probably me being very, I'm thinking, well, if you want to have a sex change, have a sex change, go wild, like, you know, drive yourself crazy. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a fun journey to me. But if that's what <laughs> I've you want to us. do... <laughs> So it's an interesting thing that somebody would be born one gender, but totally feel like they're another gender because it doesn't, it's not as if it's come from nowhere and it's never existed in society until suddenly now. It's always been yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, I've always made this point that it's like the minute you start measuring something, if you haven't measured it before, then you, you know, even if you measure one, that's a 100% increase. <laughs> so now we're measuring it yes there are a lot of people that identify this way it's just that more people are able to express it and I think mm. like with me I finally had the vocabulary and I think it's wonderful that kids today I think in a different way it's a different stress maybe because I do think you do go through that questioning phase and you sort of am I gay am I trans but I just think it's fine you know if kids want to experiment with it and see what fits why not? Why do we have to live in this structurally binary society where you're only one thing or the other? We want our kids to express themselves. We want them to be free thinking. And the idea that we're sexualizing kids by allowing them to do this, well, even in a purely gender binary heterosexual world, kids are becoming aware of Children have been being sexualized for a heterosexual agenda. Look at Jimmy Savile and the BBC now. The sexualization of children has been going on for the benefit of the heterosexual men. Probably some women. I mean, we know we never heard what happened to Maxine. What's her name? You know, that whole link to the Epstein files and all that. You know, that oh, all, yes. Yeah. You know, that all went very quiet. And there's movies and everything coming out now about child trafficking and all of that being a huge racket. So why are they jumping up and down about informing children that some people feel like they're a different gender? I don't know what the problem is. Why there's such an outcry at that? Yeah, exactly. They say it seems the only document not being leaked in the US at the moment is Epstein's client list. Yeah, Lee, do you want to come imagine in? imagine why. Yeah, you were. I, I was thinking about something you had said a few weeks ago. Also, having grown up in a relatively conservative household, I don't know if you want to talk to that, or did you have some other ideas? Yeah, I was going to circle back to that because in a previous episode, I I mentioned when I was growing up, I wanted to be a boy because I just thought that they were so much cooler. They got football and cricket and rugby. Of course, the girls could do that now. They could join Boy Scouts and you know all that sort of thing. And girls had to play with dolls and boys had so much more exciting exciting toys to play with. So I just wanted to be a boy. And you know, they, they had a term for that back in those days. Oli is such a tomboy. And I, I think it drove my mother insane because all she wanted was a little girl, you know, a little doll to dress up <laughs> in pink and frills. And she didn't get that with me. And I would shout and scream and have real proper temper tantrums when I was little and she tried to put me in a dress. And I think she eventually just gave up. And, you know, it was always like, 
going to the boys' department to buy clothes because I didn't like girls' clothes. <laughs> you know, and then I sort of like hit puberty and all sorts of hormone things happening. And, you know, it was like, well, okay, so I'm a girl and I'm happy with that, you know. And then there was this pressure to conform because you had to like boys. And I tried that for a while and I just didn't. <laughs> you know? And coming back to what you said, Julie, about let kids experiment, I think I would have had a much happier transition through my early teens and into adulthood if back in those days it was like acceptable a 14 15 year old girl to like another girl and not boys so it's amazing how far we have come and i, I think it's because you know we all walk around with computers in our pocket and make phone calls mm. like that people are like connected like i was asking my 22 year old niece a question and she said i don't know and i said well, what do you mean you don't know? Don't you millennials know everything? Oh, 22 is so, yeah. not millennial, though. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was corrected on that the other day. Yeah. But, um, or late stage millennial, maybe let's call him that. Well, she was born I, in 2000, got... so. Oh, okay. I've got this, like, picture in my mind of your poor mom. Like, finally, Lee has accepted that she's a girl and she's, she's not going to be a tomboy anymore and then like a few weeks later you're like oh by the way i like girls like, oh. yeah <laughs> well it was we a few years later yeah. all right we're gonna jump off to a quick break get a drink of water or whatever takes our fancy and we'll be back after the <laughs> message oh i love this we continue in moments this is good yes yes you're locked to trans radio uk are you trans and non-binary and feel like drugs or alcohol are impacting your life negatively? Why not check out Trans Sober? We're a grassroots peer support group for the community, by the community. Find us at www.transsober.org and join us online or come to one of our weekly drop-ins. We also offer other useful resources. Looking for business cards? Flyers? In fact, anything in print? We can help. Digital format specialists, www.printsmart.uk.com. Think smart, print smart. Did you know you can advertise with us for less than a pound a day? Call 0207 856 0584 or email sales at transradiouk.com. Trans Radio UK, a global radio station the whole LGBTQ community can be proud of. Are you looking for an intimate and affordable graphic design service? Are you an indie author needing help to publish your book? Theodora Rosenberg is here to help. With packages for marketing, publishing and branding available, you're sure to be satisfied. Find out more at authortheorose.com. Trans Radio UK is on right now. Across the UK and beyond. Now, now. More of the music you love. Trans Radio UK. Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. During the break, we were actually just recapping between us three what we've been talking about. And Caro had an interesting perspective on what I was saying about needing to connect with one's family. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I was saying that some people it's not possible to connect with their family. You know, they have to make a very difficult decision that it's better for their mental health to not have a relationship with a member of their family, perhaps 
perhaps and that may be just for now for them not saying that they're gonna they're making that decision that they're never going to speak to their family again but some people at this moment in time may be in a place where they've had to decide that the best thing for them is to not have any contact with some members of their family a you know a particular member of their family and you know I think it's a very difficult decision to make because family bonds are so strong and I think especially when there's been trauma in the family but Lee will probably be more knowledgeable about this than me but I just know from my own experience and from my own healing that in my therapy you know I'm uh, learning and discovering how I was trauma bonded to my dad and I would not have been able to have broken those bonds even though it were times when he was ill that I was like I it's better for me that I don't speak with him or have anything to do with him and that was such a difficult place to be and I was severely judged by the the Muppet Show people in Master Place News the chorus you know you know what I mean but I <laughs> I needed that. I needed to do that. And even now I go back over that. I, I see how, how those trauma bonds get created. And, and for people who have chosen to be separate from their families, that needs to be, a, you know, that needs to be acknowledged as being fine. I, to- I totally okay. agree. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. I think people are too worried about being judged, particularly by other family members. Yeah. They feel guilted into having that relationship, which might be toxic. And I think if more people just stood up for themselves and said, this is my boundary, you know, don't step over it. And if other family members can maybe be supportive of that person rather than shunning them and things like that. I mean, my niece that I spoke of earlier, the reason why she lives with me and my wife is because she's got like a sort of toxic relationship with both her parents. And for like almost four years now, she hasn't seen them. She wants nothing to do with them ever again. She doesn't refer to them as mom or dad. and she's adamant she's not ever going to have that and it's like this is my boundary and everyone else in the family has fortunately supported her and said well done for standing up for yourself and for not allowing that and have actually supported her in that position so I think it's okay to say yes it's okay to have limits and boundaries when it comes to family. Mm. Yeah, actually, I came across something this morning. I don't know if you know Mayim Balak. She was the she was on the Big Bang Theory. She was Sheldon's girlfriend. Oh yes, yes. And she's got a really interesting perspective on a lot of things. But she was actually saying exactly that, Caro. And it, it's really interesting because she was saying it, it's actually okay for you to disconnect yourself for your own sanity. Yeah, I. I guess when it comes to me, it's always been such as our home was not a safe space. It was a lot safer than where I was otherwise. I actually just, yeah, while I'm thinking about that, you were saying about mum feeling I needed a, a, a good male influence. Yeah, being abused, not necessarily sexually, but certainly physically beaten and and so on by the men around me it Mm. did actually for a long time when I was going through it's actually quite an interesting process that they take you through with the GIC because the gender identity clinic because it's a multidisciplinary approach and this is what a lot of people don't understand about it 
is that you don't just walk in and say, I'm trans, and they just say, okay, here's some medicine, we'll put you on a pathway to surgery. You actually have to jump through a lot of hoops. And, you know, it was similar. I had bariatric surgery in 2019, and they do the same with the bariatric surgery, where it's a multidisciplinary approach. They look at your, is, are your weight issues associated with a psychological issue? Are they, are you a comfort eater? Can we resolve your obesity via changing your relationship with food? and those sorts of things. So they only actually get to surgery once you've gone through this multidisciplinary approach. And it's exactly the same with the gender clinic because they don't, the surgery, and to put it in context, I was referred to the gender identity clinic in 20, I had my first appointment in 2018. So that was two years later. It was only after that appointment and then still some months later that I got my prescription for HRT. And that's right, actually, because I'd have to go through and, and even just to get into the GIC, I had to have a psychologist's diagnosis that I was gender dysphoric. But even actually before that, but but anyway, so I had my first appointment started on a I've now been in the process and it was only last week that in my consultation where I finally got the referral for surgery and even that is going to take 18 to 24 months and even within that process the surgeons work very hard with you to make sure that this is something so the idea that you've got youngsters wandering into the Tavistock clinic and they're just being gender changed at a whim is just fundamentally nonsense just doesn't happen that way it's a very slow process and in fact the length of time in the process is actually one of the rights that we're fighting for is this right to speed up the process. So this process is just not fast at all. So this idea that you can just wake up one morning and decide, oh, I'm going to be a woman today or I'm going to be a man today, just doesn't work that way. It's a lot more complex than that. And there are legal ramifications as well. If you change your name, you're swearing that you are now this person. It's a relatively simple process. But I mean, a deed poll, when you read the text of the deed poll, it's you are irrevocably discarding that previous name. And I think it would be administratively frustrating. If I had to go through that all again and change my my name to something else, it would be an absolute freaking nightmare. So the idea that you can just do it on a whim is just the biggest load of gobbledygook on the planet. But yeah, I did think for my unhealthy relationship with male role model, an underlying symptom, and was it the, from my perspective, and I know you, Caro, have a very different perspective on this. It's quite funny because we both kind of feel like the other one got it easier. No, it's I don't like, think you've got it easier. Or less hard, no. maybe. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't think that. I know it was terrible for you. Yeah, but I, I think your trauma as well was a very difficult home life that we had. You know, a dad who had absconded and a mother who was physically present, but not emotionally present yeah i think that was especially difficult yeah i think we both had this situation where we didn't have a parent to to, to talk to not a mother or a father both parents were unavailable for, for different reasons so yeah from very very young about you know i know for you i've just always found it astounding that you were put into that boarding school at five and even yesterday in therapy you know when i was going through a, a boarding school experience and you know, I spent a lot of my life thinking I was a lot older than I actually was. But, you know, when I think, you know, standard four and five, we were 
10 and 11 years old. Yeah, we were tiny. But just so and... young. So no, I've never ever thought that you got it easier than me. I've always felt deeply sorry for what you have to just astounded that those decisions were made for you. And then also for me now yeah. as I'm own therapy yeah I just have such a lot of I find it's such a lot of sadness around the decisions that were made for our lives yeah Lee you've got an interesting perspective on past trauma and the role it plays in your life what, what do you have to say to that yeah so like the the short version of it because I can go on and on and on um go on and on and on fine we need an episode where you do more talking than me yeah that's that's challenging i'll wait until you've got uh, like laryngitis maybe no i'm just kidding <laughs> so in the coaching that i do we look at several what i term these stoic childhood wounds so for example you might feel i'm not good enough worthy i'm not perfect and I have to be perfect I saw shouts and that can affect you going but usually unconscious in everything that you do and when I do my coaching it's like to to get to that point where you are in your current desire and you want to move to your desired reality and what happens is that every time you go forward your identity goes I don't know if I can survive that so the example that I often use is you're not afraid of failure you're afraid of success right so instead of going for success your identity your unconscious ego goes oh I don't know if I can survive success I've never been successful but I know I can survive failure so I think I'll just like you know like an elastic band pulling you back to that comfort safety zone failure you know and it's getting to the point where you can acknowledge but let go so that you can remove the resistance to that I'm a success and a failure is the big difference but these childhood wounds follow us all the way and it could be something simple as you know when you were very very small and trying to get mommy's attention and she went I'm busy and that to a child that age would be like an enormous wound you know and these things can surface later on in adulthood just by being triggered by something that brings it our mum put all of us in the car and threatened and drove us up to the <laughs> i mean we laugh about it but for god's sake yeah but what did that do to your little <laughs> psyche yeah. abandonment separation anxiety all that sort of thing yeah, I think on that note, we're going to take a break. <laughs> Although, actually, I, I will just say as we go into the break, I think anyone who's had three children would probably identify with wanting to drop them off at an orphanage at some point. No, no. But, no all right, what? we're going to go to... Oh, I love this. We continue in moments. This is good. Yes, yes. You're locked to Trans Radio UK. Do you need someone to talk to? Feel you have no one that will listen. You think you've had too much to slide to hang on. It doesn't have to be that way. Sometimes 
truck lessons because everyone needs to talk sometime. Call 0800 009 6640 between 8am and 2am. Truck listens because everybody needs to talk sometime. Did you know we receive no funding here at Trans Radio UK? To keep us on air and growing, we rely on donations. To donate, please head to www.transradiouk.com and click the link. A regular payment of £20 will see you become a partner of Truck. Other options are available. Email info at transradiouk.com for details. A big thank you from all the team here at Trans Radio UK. The world's largest radio station for the trans community. Trans Radio UK. Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. As is usually the case, it's actually the conversations we have off here that are sometimes more illuminating, if you can believe that. (laughs) Caroline had some thoughts about what Lee was saying, and I said to hold those thoughts because I think that our listeners could benefit from hearing them. So you were saying? So, well, Lee was saying about explaining how the child, her egoic wounds, sort of, we carry them through our lives and they sort of hold us back. And it's something that I've been looking at in my own therapy also. And just when she was talking, I just thought, yeah, that's really, I am scared of saying that I'm successful. I always sort of have to, I just, you know, feel like, yeah, it's time for me to change the record. Not that I have to go out and do something different or, you know, I just need to change the narrative. It's the inner critic that's telling me I'm not good enough, that what I'm doing is not enough and I should be better and I'm not as good as and you know what I'm doing is insignificant and that comes from my mum not noticing not acknowledging not supporting and and dad just not being there anyway and so I just need to start saying to myself that I am the loving parent and I suppose my resistance to that is that I don't want to be my own loving parent I want my parents to have been loving and unfortunately that's just not going to happen and that's where I'm feeling sad because that won't happen it never happened it should have happened but it didn't and so the only way forward is for me to just stop being that parent to myself and be a loving parent to myself and stop that narrative that's telling me that I'm a failure I don't have to go out and change my world and do something different i just have to start telling myself what i'm doing is good enough yeah i think that's really an important lesson for all of us to take isn't it it's just just accepting who we are and not being stuck in what other people have told us we are yeah i'm all for getting in touch with the inner child and loving your inner child and and all the rest of it and and it has its place but sometimes you just need to say i'm an adult now and respect yourself for being an adult for me it's like you you have this environment where you are coming from a problem-oriented environment structure, you know, where you are broken and you have to fix yourself. And when we are in that kind of environment, we think it's our job spawned or grooved fix and the problem with that is that you only are focusing on what you want to get rid of not what you want to have going forward so being in a creative structure is where your choices in life are the driving force not the ability to fix or you know kind of thing so the circumstances are we don't react we take action and we move towards the desired result so for example in Caroline's perspective what you want is to be a good loving parent so focus on that instead of 
trying to fix, you know, what happened to you in the past with your parents. Be the driving force. Have the choices. And that's the difference between problem structure and creative structure. That's been a real epiphany for me in terms of changing my perspective. And, and that applies a lot to young questioning LGBT people because I certainly think we all go through that phase where we're saying to ourselves, why can't I just be normal? And I think it's important to remind ourselves that being normal comes with, and I say normal, being cis. Because <laughs> we're allowed to say that on the radio. We're not allowed to say it on Twitter, but we can say it on the radio. Being cis or heteronormative is Lee's and my term for it. Reading that term. <laughs> <laughs> comes with a lot of its pressures as well. Maybe there is a lower degree of difficulty, but I mean, I remember trying to be a heteronormative young man or young, yeah, young boy, and it seemed like all the other boys were losing their virginity and I wasn't. And of course, you know, that puts pressure on you. And I never quite understood how they were doing that in a boarding school that was a hundred miles from the nearest population center filled entirely with boys. But you know, we we, <laughs> we lose our virginity in different ways. I mean, how was it for you, Caro, at an all-girls school? Was there an awareness of gay women and how was it? Uh, well, yeah. Okay, so my best friend, Claire, remember Claire? Mm -hmm. You know that she's gay, or did you not know? Oh, I didn't actually, but now that oh. you say it, it's one of those things where you're like, well, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, and, <laughs> and her brother was gay. And was in a gay relationship. And so she, and then there was a time, I don't know, I think, I think I might have left school by then, but like, I was like, well, I'm totally not gay, Claire, so don't think that you can go there with me because that's, I'm not. And I've often thought, well, if I, what, would I have the courage to come out and am I just being heterosexual because I'm too scared to be otherwise? But that's just too big a question for me. And then as time's gone on, I thought, no, I like a man, but actually right now I'm pretty like asexual anyway and if I was going to have sex I'd want it to be with a man and then from a girl's point of view and sleeping with boys well if you started sleeping around a lot then you, you were labeled a slut so the last thing you wanted was to be sleeping around too much so you know you get a bad reputation yeah that's an interesting point isn't it it goes to that misogynistic yeah. paradigm that we have where young boys are expected to sow their wild oats and yeah. all of those things and it's it's fun in a positive way mm. And in some ways, so is the the what Lee was saying about being a tomboy and what we talked about previously is that dads actually love the idea that they've got this daughter who wants to watch rugby with them and go fishing and camping. And I know I've just described three major lesbian stereotypes there. <laughs> I love all those things. But, you know, it's almost celebrated in a way. I mean, obviously your mom was concerned. Your dad was probably like, well, it's fine. It's nice that she wants to get in the rough and tumble. It'll toughen her up. And this misogyny, I think, is a big part of a lot of the challenges that the LGBT community faces because, mm. and I've said this before as well, in terms of how I think part of the reason society has such a problem with trans women is the fact that they can understand why a woman would want to be a man. They can say, well, of course you would want to be a man because being a man is the best thing in the world. What they can't understand, they'll deny their privilege, but what they can't understand is why a man would want to give that up. I, I was a, a straight white male why would I want to give that up? And my ex talked 
<laughs> she often says that to me when I'm lamenting the challenges that trans women are facing. And she reminds me, I said to you, why did you think it was going to be easier? I'm like, well, yeah, mentally it's easier. I mean, I understand societal pressures make it difficult. But yeah, I'm in many ways being straight white male still very much is a passport, if you like, or does still carry such an immense amount of privilege. And to a certain extent, even gay white male, I think they do struggle. The struggle is real. And we did this thing a few weeks ago about Kathleen Stock, who is this radical anti-trans woman campaigner. And she came out the other day and she had a go at gay male couples who adopt. You know, it was really awful. I'm not going to repeat what she tweeted. But of course, she tweeted it because she couldn't say it anywhere else. And I've talked about this a lot. And it's the trans women's battle is still very much a core battle for the entire community because it's a wedge issue. It's being used, first of all, to drive a wedge between trans men and trans women. And then the trans with the rest of the what I got this from Murray, Caroline. He doesn't call it the LGBTQIA. He just says, ah, oh, it's quilt bag. Because it's all the same letters, just organized in a way, the quilt bag community. But it, there is like this very, it's not a lot of steps from, you know, it's the same mindset. I think the scary thing, you know, in the case of Kathleen Stock is it's coming from a gay woman and she's attacking another part of the gay community. And when the phone call's coming from inside the house, that's particularly more alarming. Yeah, so we are coming up towards the end of the show and before we run out of time, I just want to go around the table and, well, it's not really a table, but yeah, I would like to go around the table and ask for some closing thoughts. So let's go to Lee first. Closing thoughts on the conversation. It's been a really good one. I've enjoyed this. Yeah, I have too. And it's been nice to have a guest on. So thank you very much for joining us, Caro. Nice Thanks. to meet you too. Thanks for having um, me. And I think the, the important thing is about having meaningful dialogue. We are three women here that are completely different, you know, um, trans women, a lesbian, and a heteronormative woman. And I think if more people got together and had these meaningful hopefully we could make the world a better place yeah yeah well, absolutely i drink my water to that cheers to that yeah cheers to that <laughs> yeah thanks lee for your closing thoughts really good to hear and thanks for having me on julie and lee and i think my closing thought would be you know what what's been great about the conversation is that we've listened to each other and if people could just listen you know i think there's you know a big sort of shout out for people to listen to understand one another and just try to understand where someone else is coming from we, we go a long way in a lot of discussions so that's that's what i think we need more of more listening yeah that's such a good point and you know there's this idea idea that most people you think they're listening but they're just waiting for you to stop talking so they can start talking and they weren't necessarily listening to what it was you were saying and I think across Lee and I when we first talked about doing this show this was this particular conversation was one that we really wanted to have where we had these three different states of women and just having a conversation and just seeing where it went. And this wasn't scripted or planned. We just sort of jumped in and took it as it came. And I've really enjoyed this. And it's been a really interesting conversation. And I like it really ties back to 
I guess, our title, which is Transcending Together. And the only way we're going to move forward as a society is if we talk and listen and understand. I think that's really important across all the sectors, segments, or however we define ourselves. We're all just human beings. And or as Carol used to say when we were younger, human beings. Uh, human being. Don't even get me started on who's the better spoon-bending chumping. Very inside joke. <laughs> Sorry, Yuri Geller. All right. So we're going to close out there. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And let us know if you want to have Caro back. I'd like to have her come back. See you all next week. Bye. Bye-bye. So as is often the case with these external interviews, we have finished a little bit early in terms of where the news will lie. So I would like to challenge all of you listeners. We are not getting the feedback that... I expect and demand from all of you. <laughs> Honestly speaking, we are doing a lot of work here to attempt to bring you topics and information that we feel is relevant to you. But we would like to know what you think. And it's really important to us to get your feedback. So please, please, if you're listening, hit us up in the chat on Trans Radio. Or please reach out to us on threads at tigergirl666. Now, as we have a little bit of time available to us, I would like to share with you a poem from Caroline's book. And this is called Pebbles. And this is how it goes. You came and sat beside me, warm, comfortable and unassuming. I looked into your eyes, and there I found love. Manjushri forest, trees rejoiced, as they saw us reunited in this life. The beach that we were walking to sang out the secrets of our souls. And as we walked along the shore, you stopped to pick a pebble. And the pebble that you picked was a heart-shaped pebble. The day before we met, I had walked along the shore, picking pebbles that would come together, forming the wings of a dove, wisdom and love. You gave me the heart-shaped pebble, which now makes my two pebbles one, my broken into pieces heart replaced. Only now you can hold the other half. And this dove cannot fly. On one wing alone, your heart is the other wing. Together we can fly. Together we are one. Wisdom and love. Together we saw the sky. If you would like to buy Caroline's book, it's called Now I Am by C.S. Curtis. And it is on Amazon. But if you would like or prefer, please drop us a line on threads at tigergirl666 and I will make sure that you get referred to Caro and she will send a copy of her book your way. In the meantime, we're going to close out the show with...
Hey, this is Pink. Trans Radio UK. Did you know we have an active and fun chat room? Come and join presenters and other listeners at transradiouk.com. Truck United FC, our award-winning football team. Catch all the latest action at www.truckunitedfc.com. Bringing you the best music, the latest news, and the best chat shows across the globe. Trans Radio UK. Trans Radio UK, here for the community. 24 hours a day.